Good evening, dummies. Episode 161. I hope your Memorial Day weekend was a good one. Tuesday, June 1st, 7.27 p.m. I can't believe it's June. Half of the year is already over. That's incredible. It feels like Christmas was just yesterday. It feels like COVID just started a short while ago. I guess that's what happens when you're locked up under house and key. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me, folks. It's good to have you. The Colorado Avalanche just obliterated the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, seven to one? What? I mean, listen, I knew we were a good team, but that has to be a fluke. I Vegas is amazing. Um, I'll tell you what, if that keeps up, this team will go down in history uh, as one of the best. Because the Knights, is that's really the Stanley Cup. Everyone thinks it's coming out of the West. And if they just keep dominating like this, I, I don't know who's going to stop them. I'm certainly, their next round, if they get there, knock on wood, is Canada. It, and it doesn't really matter. All Canadian teams are the same. We saw that as Toronto got ousted. Montreal beat Toronto. The Jets uh, won out, which is incredible, against Edmonton. Then the East Coast is doing what the East Coast always does. So it, it's just interesting. I I, I don't know. I'm flabbergasted. But anyway, we got a long show. You didn't come here for hockey. I always talk about hockey because it's the playoffs. It's a big time right now. But wonderful to have you. When We have a good show. I don't know. Did I say when? When. We have a good show. Man and woman. And I don't want to assume your gender. We have a good show tonight. It's going to be fun to say the least. Like I said, I hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day. And let's get into what we're going to talk about tonight. Tebow or not Tebow? That is the question. You may have heard about a football player named Tim Tebow. He's been out of the news for a while, but I will tell you there is some controversy. A lot of people are making the comparison contrast between Kaepernick and Tim Tebow, and I taking a little umbrage with that. Next topic, the prideful against pride. It is Pride Month in June, and I'm going to take on a topic that isn't going to be popular. I promise you this, that there are people on the LGBTQ community who are not going to like what I have to say. There's also people on the Christian right who are not going to like what I have to say. Remember, this is this 90-10 withdrawal and deposit thing. If 90% of the time you like what I say and the 10% you don't, please understand that I've got a take on this and I've got a personal story that just might impact you. I'm not telling you how to be. I'm not telling you what to think. But it is something we need to talk about because it's June, and this is what we do on the show. And I have thought hard about it. I almost didn't do it. And I said, you know what? We're going to take it on. I've taken on everything else. If you allow me to take on white privilege and toxic masculinity and racial divide in this country and the attack against police and going against BLM and white fragility, and you got to trust me on this. I've got to take on this. We'll see what you think. Anyway, the next thing, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. And I'll go into what that is in just a little bit. For now, we have to do what we always do, folks, which is to do the joke on the intro. I keep asking people what LGBTQ stands for. No one is giving me a straight answer. from an undisclosed location always honest always direct so sit back relax don't unfriend me starts right now Well, thank you, everybody. Wonderful to have you here for episode 161. It's going to be a good show tonight. Like I said, we're diving into the thick of it. 
my stalker. You don't bring me flowers anymore. Stalkers disappeared. Sad trombone. I guess he had enough. Rest in peace, my stalker. Hypocrisy throughout history. Hypocrisy is a human quality that has rarely been in short supply. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa. What did I do? What did I do? What did I do, folks? Social. Don't unfriend me. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Come say hi. God doesn't kill a puppy. And uh, if that doesn't work, go to don'tunfriendme.com. I don't know what the heck I'm thinking. Please get th- give me a like, share, subscribe, and a follow. We just hit 20,000. 20,000 followers, and that is pretty awesome. Now, hypocrisy throughout history is a human quality that has rarely been in short supply. But even with that being a given, there are still events that demonstrate that hypocrisy seemingly knows no bounds. Mind-boggling as these may seem to be, that does not make them any less common. That's because shame is even more rare. This past week, the Jacksonville Jaguars, an NFL franchise in Jacksonville, Florida, offered TV announcer, Heisman Trophy winner, and former NFL quarterback Tim Tebow a one-year contract to compete for a position as a backup tight end. Now, if you don't know the story of this, Tim Tebow was never going to be a great NFL quarterback. And most of the people that played with him would tell you that. He was a great college quarterback, but there is taking it up a notch. But everyone said he would have been one of the most prolific and successful tight ends, probably top 15, 20 to play the game. They believed in him that much. With his hands, with his body size, work ethic, his speed, he would have been fantastic. But Tebow is now in his early 30s. and He's been out of football for several years. He even had a stint playing baseball. This action immediately spawned outrage among many. By many, I mean the left. If you went outside, you could almost hear blood vessels exploding and woke brains all over the country. Why is Tim Tebow getting a contract when Colin Kaepernick is still without a job in the NFL? I'm glad that you asked this. I've always wondered why the same people who think that Kaepernick is a hero almost universally despise Tebow. Is that a coincidence? Perhaps it's because in almost every head-to-head comparison, Tebow looks pretty good, which makes the narrative that Kaepernick was drummed out of the NFL due to racism even more ridiculous than it already is. Tebow's list of collegiate football accomplishments is almost an entire Wikipedia page by itself. In addition to the Heisman Trophy, awarded annually to college football's best player, Tebow won two national championships with the Florida Gators and holds numerous SEC and Division I records and awards. There are actually not too many awards available to college football players that Tebow did not manage to win. Kaepernick's college career, while not as stellar as Tebow's, was nonetheless impressive in its own right. The most striking thing in Kaepernick's collegiate resume is his Division I record of 10,000 yards passing with 4,000 yards rushing. That's good albeit accomplished in a much weaker conference, the the WAC, than the SEC, we're splitting hairs. Talent begets talent. After college, both Tebow and Kaepernick were drafted in the NFL. Tebow in the first round by the Denver Broncos and Kaepernick a year later, earlier in the second round by the San Francisco 49ers. 
From the onset, both had their share of detractors for their quarterback play. Ush Nuwaneri, holy crap, an offensive lineman for the Jackson. We're just going to call him Aki Nawaneri, an off nucky, yucky. Holy, somebody help me. I, ever since they took a knee, I'm kind of out of football. Anyway, an offensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars posted a comment online suggesting that Tebow lacked the intangibles required to play a quarterback in the NFL. That was a common unwritten sentiment about Tebow. It's also an interesting comment with racial overtones. I suspect that if a white player ever said anything like that about a black prospect, that he would be cut fairly quickly. The knock on Kaepernick was his throwing mechanics. Although Kaepernick has a rocket for an arm, he has a near sidearm delivery that affects his accuracy, as does his footwork, which is unorthodox. Yet despite the doubt, both Tebow and Kaepernick eventually led their respective teams into the playoffs. With Kaepernick leading the 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance, in both cases, it's fair to say that strong defense was an immense aid to both teams. It would not be too out of line to speculate that both teams largely succeeded in spite of rather than because of their young quarterbacks. The case for this is better with Denver, with Tebow, than Kaepernick, with San Francisco. Tebow and Kaepernick were also known for kneeling in public to make statements. In both cases, this earned some detractors, but were very, very different. In the end, both Tebow and Kaepernick could not sustain careers as NFL starting quarterbacks. Tebow, despite incredible physical talent, just did not have the specific skill set required to be a serviceable NFL quarterback. Kaepernick, with similar elite physical skills, either could not or would not modify his throwing mechanics to improve his accuracy, despite coaching from some of the best in the business in an attempt to save his career. Neither player, understandably, was very happy about not being able to find a job as a starting quarterback. Neither was willing to be a backup. Both had acquired a considerable amount of baggage in terms of controversy. The last part is important, however. If you are an NFL coach or GM, the last thing that you want on your team is a backup player at the center of endless controversy. While Tebow eventually um, moved into different careers in television as a minor league baseball player, Kaepernick blamed racism for his demise as an NFL starter and became an activist, a $100 million a year activist. Although the racism claim is absurd, it's not absurd to blame the controversy surrounding Kaepernick for the lack of NFL job offers. It's also understandable who wants a backup quarterback who's a headache. Fast forward to now, and Tebow gets offered a one-year contract, and the woke start having strokes. Forget the fact that Kaepernick was offered an extraordinary veteran pro day a few years ago, and he elected not to attend. Forget that Kaepernick was actually, su- actually sued the NFL, which isn't a great move if you are looking to work for them. That unilaterally all coaches don't want him or anything to do with him. Forget the fact that Urban Meyer, Tebow's college coach, is in his first year with the Jaguars and may be looking to take the spotlight off the number one pick in the draft, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, and put it on Tebow. Forget the fact that Tebow is attempting a comeback as a tight end, not as a quarterback. Forget about the fact that the NFL teams routinely sign athletes from sports other than football who possess some extraordinary set of physical skills to a 90-man training camp roster just to see if they can develop them enough to make the team. Forget all of that because it goes against the woke narrative. Who exactly do you think wants Jacksonville to win more? First-year coach Urban Meyer or hordes of social justice warriors on the interwebs howling about how unfair this all is? I'm going to go with Meyer. I know that there are an awful lot of people out there who can't see anything except through one eye, but sometimes things happen for reasons that make sense if you have enough sense to understand that the particulars matter.
Tim Tebow took a knee to pray to God and was shunned and fined and told that he could not take a knee and pray and lead prayer on the field. Colin Kaepernick can take a knee to disrespect our police department, our American flag, and our military. And no matter what you say, I don't give a shit. I don't believe it. I've done a Kaepernick episode. It was one of my first. It's right here. I will debunk all your crap. You don't take a knee when the national anthem is playing. You can do it any other time. I'm not going to go ahead and relitigate the case of Colin Kaepernick. He is fine. He does not need to play football. His head can't even fit in a helmet anymore with the size of his head and the shape of his hair. It comes down to this. Tim Tebow is 10 times the athlete of Colin Kaepernick. Tim Tebow is a freaking machine. His workout ethic, the shape he is in, I promise you he is one of the strongest 30-year-olds alive today. He is a top 2% athlete olympic type athlete his body fat is probably sub four to five percent he is built like a brick shithouse and he would be an effective tight end at 30 years old at least on the training squad do i expect him to make the roster no do i expect him to be there on opening day no would he get absolutely leveled and probably destroyed more than likely but the point is is that the controversy surrounding tebow is not negative The controversy surrounding Kaepernick most assuredly is. Lucy, you got some splaining to do. As crime rates continue to spike across the country, it's clear regardless of gender, race, or ethnicity, everyone is feeling less safe. Gun sales, which saw a surge last year, continue to climb. With more female and black buyers, data shows. Gun sales remain steady during most of former President Donald J. Trump's tenure, but exploded last year with the single highest month of gun purchases occurring in June. In the aftermath of the George Floyd murder and resulting race riots and defund the police movement, this was something that was predictable. Overall, more than 23 million guns were sold in 2020, a 60% increase from 2019. Females accounted for 40% of these total purchases. Black ownership among men and women skyrocketed 56% from the year prior. And more than 8.4 million of all firearm sales last year were done by first-time gun owners, according to a report by National Shooting Sports Foundation, the NSSF. These are first-time buyers, quote, They represent a group of people who, until now, were agnostic regarding firearm ownership. That's rapidly changing. And these Americans are taking hold of their God-given right to keep and bear arms and protect themselves and their loved ones, said Lawrence G. King. Senior Vice President of General Counsel, in a statement. The National African American Gun Association, the the NAAGA, boasted 45,000 members nationwide since its inception in 2015. After last summer's riots and coronavirus lockdowns, the group started recruiting 1,000 members a month, many of them first-time gun owners. Quote, Once COVID hit, that was the line in the sand, Philip Smith, founder and president of the NAAGA, said in April. You had to sit there and say, is there going to be a total breakdown of social order? Is there going to be food for my family? Will we have gas? Will everything crumble in our general society? And will we literally have to fight people off? Firearm purchases continue to soar this year. Americans bought more than 2.3 million guns in January, the highest level since last July, according to The Trace, a news outlet that tracks gun sales, firearm purchases, increased by 18% in the first quarter of 2021. (coughs) Excuse me. Compared to 2020, its data shows. 
The Biden administration, of course, followed suit by blaming the crime crime wave around the country on the availability of firearms. When asked in a press conference about the spiking crime in our nation's cities, Jensky flippantly said, America has guns problem. No, America doesn't have a guns problem. After many localities defunded their police departments last year, the nation's streets have predictably become less safe. So many law-abiding Americans are now taking matters into their own hands. They become empowered by exercising their Second Amendment right and feel secure in the knowledge that if their local governments fail, they can be the last line of defense in protecting their families and businesses. And God bless them for thinking so. The police are scared. Now, I understand the narrative is that Asian American and Pacific Islanders and black people and all minorities are scared, too. Well, unless you're breaking the law, what do you have to fear? Because the last time I checked, there just hasn't been a random nothing happen to somebody who didn't break the law or didn't follow an executable and lawful command. I'm not saying every shooting is lawful. I'm not saying every situation the cops are right. It's not what I said. But of the tens of millions of stops that happen a year, I will tell you it is a microcosm of the overall whole. Police officers are now afraid to investigate. They are afraid to pull people over. They are afraid to stop something that they see because if they do not, and if they do not turn their back, they can be held culpable and spend time in jail simply for doing their job. Now, I understand this most recent events, especially with George Floyd. There are some situations where people absolutely act out of hand. Rodney King was one of them, and I get it. Chauvin was wrong. He is in jail. But that is not the norm. It is not even a remote fraction of a percent of what happens every single day in the streets. It is the cops single-handedly being attacked, being shot at, being murdered, and honestly, not being able to come home at night. We can pretend that guns cause crime, but I promise you I have three within reach and none of them have shot anybody. And they will not shoot anybody unless I pick it up and pull the trigger. We don't have a gun problem. We have a people problem. We have a crime problem. We have a mental health problem. And until we address it, we will continue to see murders skyrocket in the leftist cities because this shit's not happening in red states to the level it's happening in the left. And democratic policy has done nothing in the inner cities for the last 70 years to stop this violence. It's not going to change with Joe Biden. He isn't the solution. He is the problem. Stay away from our guns. It is the only thing we have to protect ourselves from you crazy ass leftists. Here we go. The prideful against pride. I want to be clear. There's a few things. I am not an atheist. I guess if I had to be one thing, it would be agnostic. Not because I don't believe in God, but because I have seen things and been through things that I choose to ask questions. That I have doubt. But I also know that I don't know. I don't know either way. And it's not a cop-out. People ask me about abortion, and I said, well, I'm not going to have one. My personal choice is that it's murder. But I'm not going to tell my daughter what to do. I will give her advice. I would give my wife advice. We would talk about it together. We would have a conversation. But in the end, it's not up to me. Just like getting 
any major elective surgery, like a vasectomy, is not up to anyone but me. It's my choice. I get to decide to do it, no matter how much my wife goes kicking and screaming. Not that she's doing that, but if she did, I would say it's my choice. Now, this is much different. And this is a very, very large topic that I have. I will not encroach upon tonight. But my point is, is that there are all things we agree with and all things we disagree with. There are things that are very personal to us. Abortion is something that I vehemently disagree with. But I also understand that at the table, I may not get an opinion, and that's okay. And in this next conversation, I may feel the exact same way when it comes to LGBTQ rights, but we're still going to talk about it. So I will tell you what I think. I would respect you if you respect me. Trust that I am coming from the best place possible, and I hope you pick something up from it at least. But my point is, is that when it comes to God, I respect and love and adore Christians, Catholics, Greek Orthodox, Jews, Gentiles. I don't care. I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you believe in God. I don't care if you're Opus Dei or you're you're the biggest drag queen on Hollywood Boulevard. You're a person and you're allowed to do what you want. The reason I feel like this and why I have conflictions is I have seen things and done things that just make me question God. And, and, and that is a whole nother conversation. Leave it below. If you want to unfollow me because of that, I understand. But here's the story. My mother wasn't always insane. She was a very nice woman at certain points of her life. She had brain surgery. She had an aneurysm after my uh, sister And they told her that if she gave birth to me, she would die and she should abort. And she said, well, not only am I not aborting and you can all go to hell, I'm going to name him Matthew, gift of the Lord. What a beautiful story. She also told me 20 years later that she should have aborted, but at least she had her moment in time. She was a manager and Beat Alton bookseller. She was very, very proud of it. She was fantastic. She always ran wherever she went. She knew every book backwards and forwards. She had read almost all of them. She was fantastic at what she did. She was a great retailer, and I learned a lot about retail from her, which is probably why I followed in her footsteps. But the one thing that you need to know about my mom is that she never really did anything for anybody that wasn't for her. There was an employee, and his name was Kent, and he was a Mormon. And I would bet everything in my vault and coffers that he was homosexual. I didn't understand that at the time. I was a young boy. I think I was probably seven. And he would come over and he would just be the nicest guy. Whether I was being picked on at school or I had a girl problem or a friend took some G.I. Joe toys. Every time he came over, he was just the kindest, most loving and compassionate human being I have ever met in my life. And I adored him. And I didn't know if he was gay, straight, or what otherwise. And he never, ever would lead that on. He he was a man of God. And he would talk about God. And he would ask me what I thought about God and what my relationship was like. And I don't care what you think about Mormons or or, or the LGBTQ community. It, this is just a human being to me. But my dad was a Marine, is a Marine, and a fire captain, and he has some vernacular that is interesting, to say the least. And one day, my mom and him are fighting, and they always were, and 
Kent had just left the house. And I don't know whether it was jealousy or just immaturity, but my dad used the word fag. And back then, that word was used by two young boys playing cowboys and Indians when they didn't like each other all of a sudden, or on the phone to a family friend. It was everywhere and totally inappropriate now, but back then it was a descriptor for people who were more feminine. But in this case, my father's assignment and the chosen vernacular were not just a moniker. It was a descriptor. It was what he felt Kent was, a fag. Of course, I didn't know what it meant, but I could understand the tone. And it's amazing. It's like the first time you walk into a place where someone was smoking marijuana, you've never smoked it in your life and you know what it is. You're like, that's marijuana. And you don't know why. You don't know how. Same with a skunk. Oh, it's a skunk. I know that's a skunk. It's weird whether it's in our DNA or what, but my gaydar, even though I didn't understand the word, I could assign what my dad was saying with his inflection and tonality. It was degrading to say the least. Well, something had happened. I was supposed to be able to go do something that weekend or whatever, and I was young and like go over to a friend's house or go to the park or go to golf and stuff. And my mom said I couldn't. And I didn't know this, but she sent me to my room and Kent had come over like he did most often. And they were probably talking about me. And my mom came in and I didn't know he was there. And she said, honey, Kent wants to talk to you. And I said, I don't want to talk to that fag. I thought he was on the phone. I didn't know that he was in the other room. But of course, I was a stupid kid. I was an idiot and I was naive. So I got the spanking of my life. I got put to bed with no dinner, no water, 10 years for indentured servitude, and I was sent to bed. Around 1.30 in the morning, I heard my mother crying. I didn't understand what was going on. The hall light came on, and I knew something was wrong because my mom and dad slept like two hibernating bears in winter. And my door creaked open, and as I leaned up, my father was there. And as a matter of fact, as my father was, he simply said, Maddie, Ken's dead. And I said, who? I was tired, but I didn't understand. And he explained to me that Kent was in a car accident, that the seatbelt that he had had taken his life with impact and cut through his chest and into his aorta and killed him almost instantly. And I didn't think about my comment earlier that night because, remember, he didn't hear me. I immediately started crying uncontrollably. And it it wrecked me because I love the guy. He was like a brother to me. I have my own brother, but my brother wasn't a brother to me. Kent was a brother to me. And as I went to my mom to give her a hug, She looks up at me and without giving me any words of solace, simply looks and says, I just want you to know that Kent heard what you called him earlier this evening and you'll never get the chance to apologize. My mother was a gem, by the way. And of course, this destroyed me inside. Why do I tell you this story? Why are we getting so personal? Why are we going down through the annals of history of my life? Because there's some things that are important about this. 
I worked for Apple. It was probably one of the most diverse lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer communities ever. And I have a ton of friends who are all different. And I'm not going to say, oh, I have a gay friend, so it's okay. I talk about him. No, it's not. But I will defend them, not for what they do, because I don't necessarily agree with it. But I will defend that they're human beings and they have that right and the choice in a free America. Gay pride conflicts with God's view of marriage and sexuality. This is something we hear all the time. Gay pride conflicts with 2,000 years of church's teaching on marriage and sexuality. Gay pride celebrates what we know isn't good or helpful. Gay pride conflicts with our true identity in Christ. Pride is overly sexualized, and the Bible teaches humility over pride. I have met a lot of proud Christians, Catholics, Christian Cadeo ethics, Protestants, Baptists, Mormons. Pride is something that's laced in religion. But these are the six that you will hear. And then I have some other stats. And I didn't say I agree or disagree. I'm just making sure everyone understands that I understand. 68.5% reported that discrimination at least somewhat negatively affected their psychological well-being in the homosexual community. 43.7% reported that discrimination negatively impacted their physical being. 47.7% reported that discrimination negatively impacted their spiritual well-being. 38.5% reported discrimination negatively impacted their school environment. 52% reported discrimination negatively impacted their work. 56.6% reported negatively impacted their neighborhood, community, and environment. Here's some more stats for you that are alarming. This is 70% of the LBGD community use vague language when talking about relationships to hide it and cover it up. They hide their personal relationships, 62%. Hide affiliation to a certain organization, 31%. Removed item from a resume, 22%. Avoided speaking about topics related to LGBT issues in social situations, 53%. Avoid social situations, 49%. Avoid public places, such as stores and restaurants, 33%. Avoid public transportation, 10%. Avoid doctor's office, 20%. Avoid getting services they or their family need, 17%. Made specific decisions about where to work because of their homosexuality, 27%. Made specific decisions about where they go to school, 22%. Made specific decisions about where to live, 50%. Made specific decisions about where to shop, 46%. Changed the way they dressed, 36%. Changed the way they talked, 39%. Changed the way they walked, 27%. Moved away from a rural area, 30%. Moved from an urban area, 15%. Moved away from family, 38%. Cut important people out of their lives, 36%. And maintained a limited social media presence, 37%. Those numbers are staggering. Now you might say, well, they should feel that way because they're breaking God's law. We need to have just a little bit of humanity. And I'm going to read you something from a TV show that I adore called The West Wing. I understand it can get a little lefty, but it's still a good show. 
The atmosphere was electric. The president of the United States was about to address a gathering of radio talk show hosts in the White House. We just watched this the other night. As the president entered the hall, they all stood and applauded. All that is except one woman with strikingly blonde hair wearing a bright green suit. At first, her presence rattled the president. He lost his train of thought several times before he finally spoke directly to the sitting talk show host. Excuse me, doctor, the president said to her. It's good to have you here. Are you an MD? A PhD, she retorted smartly. In psychology, he pursued. No, sir, she said. Theology? No. Social work? I have a PhD in English literature, she replied. I'm asking, continued the president, because on your show, people call in for advice and you go by the title doctor. And I didn't know if maybe your listeners were confused by that and assumed you had an advanced training in psychology, theology or healthcare. I don't believe they are confused. No, sir, she responded. Good, said the president, raising his voice sarcastically. I like your show. I like how you call homosexuality an abomination. I don't say homosexuality is an abomination, Mr. President, she replied hauntingly. The Bible does. Yes, it does, he shouted. Leviticus 18.22. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery as sanctioned in Exodus 21.7. She's a Georgetown sophomore, speaks fluent Italian, always cleared the table when it was her turn. What would be a good price for her be? After a brief moment, he continued, while thinking about that, can I ask another? My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insists on working on the Sabbath. Exodus 35.2 clearly says he should be put to death. Am I morally obligated to kill him myself, or is it okay to call the police? Here's one that's really important, because we've got a lot of sports fans in the town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean. Leviticus 11.7, if they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington Redskins still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Does the whole town really have to be together to stone my brother John for planting different crops side by side? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? Think about those questions, would you? One last thing, while you may be mistaking this for your monthly meeting of the ignorant tight-ass club, in this building, when the president stands, nobody sits. Now, there is a lot of contradictions. Pigskin isn't pigskin anymore. It's leather from a cow. We understand that a lot of those things are based upon supposition, and they're used for a clever bunch of lines in a show to make somebody look stupid. A lot of people say that this heterosexual pride parade is is homophobic. Listen, Christians were persecuted long before lesbians and gays. Let's be really clear. LBGTQ is like, well, you have rights. You can be married. Yes, and we were thrown in the pits with lions because of those beliefs. And just because it is a long since yesteryear, it doesn't mean that we weren't persecuted. We are still persecuted around the world. Christians in China, they're beheaded in Iran. They're thrown off frickin' towers in certain areas of Indonesia. Don't even talk about Somalia. And so are lesbians and gays. We have that in common. Listen, this isn't about who has hurt more through history. Who is more socially devoid of acceptance? We all White, black, brown, gay, straight, religion, no religion, satanic, I don't give a crap who you are. We have all been through hell on earth because that is the very definition of what this is. 
There is no need for a straight parade. Lesbians and gays have a day to celebrate and a month to celebrate where they can come out and they can wear whatever colors they want and wear their assless chaps. Just don't watch. Go out of town that weekend because trust me, I have been invited to a bunch of gay parades and I've never gone and I never will because it's just not my thing, baby. But it doesn't mean people don't have the right to assemble. We must go back to the Constitution, which is written under God's law. And if we believe in the word of God and that all rights are inalienable, then damn it, we have to support everybody's right to do whatever they want. We don't have to agree. Just have to believe in something other than ourselves. There are so many verses that I can give you where Jesus was accepting. We are not to judge sinners. That's not our role. That's God's role. We're supposed to, I hate the sin. I don't hate the person. I don't know if that's true. Because it seems an awful lot like we kind of hate the person too at times. Does it make it right? Does it make it wrong? Am I the devil for challenging your thought process? No. I'm just a man with an opinion. And it could be wrong. And you might come out and tell me why I'm full of shit. But is it okay for me to approve of people who eat sprouts and their lifestyle, the sprout lifestyle, but leave people who eat sprouts alone? Can I dislike that they eat sprouts, but just leave them alone? I think sprouts are disgusting. Small, round package of pure, concentrated Satan spawn. Even the thought of eating one makes my stomach turn over. And seeing them on a plate in an environment where I might be expected to eat, one has brought me to the point of actually physically throwing up. I am dead serious. If you like sprouts, or even you don't care one way or another, I know exactly what you're thinking. If you don't like sprouts, don't bloody eat them. And therein lies the answer, people. If you don't like the gay lifestyle, and there really is no gay lifestyle, they're just a bunch of regular normal people who are attracted to other regular normal people who happen to be of the same gender, then don't do it. Don't be gay. Don't go to gay bars. Don't have sex with guys. Don't watch porn where two guys are going at it. But I bet you don't mind a porn where two girls are going at it, gentlemen. Hypocrisy, it has no limits. I don't watch porn ever. Oh, come on. The Pope has probably done it. Okay, <laughs> sorry, no sacrilege. I'm guessing if you're straight, you probably don't do any of this stuff anyway. So what have you lost? Or is it that important that you sit there quietly, disapproving of the existence of gay people because somehow that upsets you? It's not enough for you to simply not participate in the thing you find distasteful. You have to judge others who do participate, for whom it is a natural and healthy part of their lives, at least to them. My dislike of sprouts ends when the existence of sprouts stops directly impacting my life. Other people in the world are going to eat sprouts. Fine. I'm going to see pu people in public or on television or in the movies who are eating sprouts. Also, fine. I'm going to find myself in situations every now and again where I am offered the chance to eat sprouts myself. Also fine. I'll just say no, thanks. I don't like them. I don't disapprove of people who do like them. I just don't like them myself. I'm very glad people who do like them have found something in life they enjoy. It's beyond me how they can, but they clearly do. So what on earth does that have to do with me?
I'm not telling you to go out and become gay. I'm not actually going out and telling you to preach it. I'm not telling you to turn down the word of God. I'm not telling you that you are an unclean sinner. And now the 11th commandment is thou shall accept homosexuality. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to like it. If you don't like black people, that is completely fine. You're allowed to do that too. If you think that babies should be ripped out of the womb at any age, well, you have the right to believe that. But I don't have to fucking support it. I don't have to talk about it on this show in a positive light. I don't have to sit here and condone your beliefs. This is what makes America, America. We get to have discourse. We get to have an opinion. We have the freedom of speech. And when you take that away from somebody and you tell them that they can't do something in the privacy of their own home or they, can't, they don't have the right to protest and peacefully assemble, then you're being a hypocrite. Because remember what the Romans did. And remember the streets and the lions and the pits and the ripping the limbs of the Christians off for entertainment. Folks, we are not that far removed from those times. And in certain parts of the world, it still happens. Maybe we should just give people a little bit of a break. We've got bigger fish to fry. In fact, we're all sinners. We all, all of us need to atone, not just homosexuals. That's just my opinion. You can agree, you can disagree can like it you can love it you can hate it all i ask is that you don't unfriend me and if you do say la vie because i have a feeling it was a matter of time before i pissed you off and this just might be the one that did it folks that's it for me tonight i appreciate you being here for 161 good show veteran crisis hotline 1-800-273-8255 press 1 22 veterans commit suicide a day it is way too many yes even gay and lesbian and transgender military people serve And they may have problems too. It doesn't matter who it is. They're human beings. Everyone deserves our help. The Veteran Crisis Hotline can make that happen for you. Please reach out. Make a phone call. Reach out to a vet. Give them this number. Ask them how they are. It's very important, especially during Memorial Day weekend. And this time, it's hard. It's like a little mini Christmas. And it's not full of celebration. Christmas is a very depressing time. Memorial Day is when we lost a lot of our brothers and sisters. And we remember and allow ourselves to feel this number can help them do that. If you can't get them to call, call me, I'll help. Or you can go to www.unfriendme.com. Click on the VCL link and you'll be connected to a VCL operator. If you're a civilian, it's okay. You can call them too. They will get you all the help you need. Folks, thank you for letting me have an opinion. Thank you for letting me be free. Thank you for listening to me. And remember, if you didn't like tonight's show, you may like it tomorrow. Come on back and look for 162. Have a great night and I will see you tomorrow.